to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Welcome back. I'm Steve. I'm a licensed professional therapist here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. With me is Julia, the co-host and a therapeutic coach. Together we talk about a variety of different subjects, or sometimes we interview other people to provide you with a different perspective about life and to help you to be a better you. To contact us, it's 918-280-08690 or coachsoul.com. These are two ways to contact us, not on an emergency basis, but to provide feedback, questions for upcoming shows. And if you'd like to be on the show, please use the contact page on the website. We would love to hear from you. Julia, I had an epiphany. One of my epiphanies when we got off of here, I shared with you the old Steve 15 years or 20 years ago before becoming a therapist would have been upset with you and how you, and I'm going to use my old Steve terminology. Please do. The way you came at me, it was combative. It was in your face, Steve, you're not good enough. That was the old Steve. That's how you were receiving it. Yes. Yes. Versus what I was saying, but that's how you would have received it. Yes. Right. That was the old Steve. Yes. And here's why I want to go with this. Because me having gone through my own personal therapy helped me realize what I needed to get rid of. Fear of abandonment. Fear of rejection, fear of not being enough. Just the exact same thing we just finished in our other podcast last week. Yes. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is a great topic to start off with because the new me, I'm confident in who I am. And my saying is, is when a man respects himself, He doesn't need to command respect. And when he commands respect, he loses respect for himself. Because what I took from you was, hey, Steve, let's have a different way of looking at it. And I love that we can take a different approach to things and not be sore about it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm very conscientious. I've stopped using the terminology you have to <laughs> well i think steve that there there's a couple of things i want to use a quote that our publisher actually posted in one of our group chats that i love by abraham maslow and it states at in any given moment we have two options to step forward into growth or to step back into safety And I think that when I apply that to what you just said, that what you're stating is that before the safe space for you, the old Steve, would have been in um, the combat, the the um, taken offense because um, or that there was some kind of blame or shame or something um, that was coming forward from my words because it would have been how you received it mm-hmm. and therefore packaged it in your mind, correct? And so 
by choosing this new Steve, you've gone through all this work that you've done. And you know, I've done a lot of work in my area as well. So I'm not exempt from some of our old peoples that used I'm to be I'm glad us. we could be transparent. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, is that today we stand in a position where we've chosen growth. We've chosen to be open to dialogue. And I honestly think that because we were talking about fear uh, in the development of relationships or fear in relationships from the last podcast, is that what we've done is create uh, and exemplify a space of a new safety, okay? But it also is based on the assumption that both of us have the best interest in mind for each other. Um, and, and when we hold a space with the idea that says that person that I'm communicating with or sharing with has my best interest in mind, then I'm going to be less likely to throw up the walls, the shields of protection and, and hide in fear behind it. What are your thoughts there? Here, here's the thing. I think sometimes we get afraid of growing because we get afraid of wanting to change. We get comfortable in our air conditional building. And it's like, we like new ideas like electric car, for example. Okay. And we want to try something new, but we don't look at the bigger picture. For example, Florida had a hurricane. They're been without power for a week now. How are you going to charge your car? How are you going to get to work? How are you going to do something? And we don't think our implication of plugging in how much we drain the system. And it's the same thing with ourselves. We need a recharge. But how do we recharge in order that fear Maybe a, a some level of respect of fear is there, but not a level that fear controls us or just uh, debilitates us. Correct. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit more about what you just said about disabilitating. How does fear disabilitate us in our relationships with each other? Well, I think that there is an, oh, I love this topic. Um, I think that there's a, a several different ways that I, I've seen it show up in my life and I've seen it show up with my clients. One, we can, uh, it causes us to not fully be present with our partner. Mm. Okay. Because we're, you, you can't stand behind a, a, uh, titanium wall and be able to hold hands with the person on the other side. Okay. It, it doesn't work. And so, um, it, it keeps us from being void of a space of just holding space for each other. Um, I think that it can cause, uh, the fear can be debilitating when there's a lot of, we're in the, like you said, that rat maze or, you know, the constant wheel our thoughts are just going around and round and round and round. And we're assuming a lot of thoughts are going on in the other person or they're feeling a certain way, or they're thinking a different way. And in reality, we don't know what they're thinking or feeling unless they've shared it with us. It's our ideas of what they might be thinking or feeling that oftentimes we interpret in our own system as being the truth. Okay. So it can cause that. Um, when anxiety, the fear has uh, been perpetuated long mm -hmm. enough, you know, PTSD can show up. 
um, there, the, the trauma responses that may be ages old in an individual begin to initiate again, you know, they're, they're showing back up again right. because they've been triggered. Um, and then it just can cause just this tremendous amount of contention. So you're all, I know that people can't see me in video, but, um, they can, you know, that there is this constant contention in place where we are, um, we're just bickering and blaming and, and there's this bitterness and resentment that builds and eventually it can destroy the relationship. So well, that's just we, a few ways that shows up. Right. If we don't get out of our head and work through this resentment we had that's why we have domestic violence because it escalates because no one's being heard in the relationship so for a moment i want to look at fear and we have i don't think we've done this just by announcing it but from a female perspective versus a male perspective let's kind of go there for a moment and kind of give an idea to the audience about how it looks from a male and a female perspective on fear. Okay. Why don't we go with the male first? Let's look at that. Oh, wow. I was just thinking ladies first, but okay. You know what? <laughs> hey, we are in a modern world today, Steve. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, when, when I think about fear as a man, you know, when I talk to my clients and myself in general, I look at men, most men don't know how to connect emotionally. They want to be seen as a leader, under control. Notice I said under control and not managing. I've learned the difference in my life that I can manage things and not being reactive and controlling, that I can manage. But most men are controlling and reactive because that's what our society has taught us. And so we want, we don't want to be seen weak. And, you know, you're in a relationship. I'm single. Thinking about a relationship, it's just not happening because I'm a therapist. I feel like a leper. <laughs> Seriously. You know, and from a male perspective, I'm like, okay, it can eat at me because of the fear of our approach. Now, I don't mind talking and getting to know somebody, but fear of approaching a female. Oh, what is she going to think? How is she going to think about me? If I be share an emotional moment, is she going to look at me from the same way? So from a male perspective, I want a woman who can create a safe space for me. Now I'm speaking for me, not all men. Correct. I'm different. <laughs> I know that left the door open big time for you. So I, you know, I'm I, you know, I wanted to punch at it just a little bit, but I'm going to resist the urge <laughs> out of respect for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the safe space. <laughs> you know, when you think about I, I just like, okay, I want that communication because I've learned how to communicate because I've, you know, being a therapist, I've learned how to communicate more effectively yes. that I've learned that I can't hold in my emotion. And at this point, I want somebody who knows me that understands me and accepts me. 
And I think that's what I look for from a woman's perspective, so that when we do engage, we have an understanding like the movie Avatar, I see you. Yes. I love that phrase. So that's what I kind of look for from a woman's perspective. I mean, a man's perspective of how I want a woman to treat me to lessen the fear of I got to perform. What What's your perspective from a feminine? I And again, I'm going to stand in a space that uh, I'm not going to speak for all women. Um, but I think that um, ultimately I want a man to look at me and, and see the beautiful feminine qualities that make up the aspects of me being a woman, um, the nurturing aspects, the, to feel appreciated for the roles that I play in their, in, in the, in the relationship and life. Um, I want to be recognized for, um, how well I, you know, of a domestic organizer, you know, that I am over here, um, things along those lines, but I ultimately, I want to be seen and I want to be heard. I want to be, um, I, I need for me, and this comes back to love languages, my, my love language, um, in fact, the top three are, are pretty even, um, but physical touch and words of affirmation. Mm. And the other three are very close. I have one of those personalities that they're all important, you know, sure. but there's, um, but those first two. So if I am in a relationship with somebody that their, their two top love languages are, um, service, you know, uh, acts of service and time, and that's how they express love as well as receive it, then the communication isn't being directed towards me in a way that I can receive it as, as much as I want to, because I need, I need words of praise. Okay. And oh my gosh, right. you're beautiful. I love that dress on you. And I want to hold hands and I want to kiss in public and, you know, those kinds of things. And so when it comes to the element of reducing fear, it's a lot of that is, is centered around me as a female of receiving having my love language elements met and by the other person. And, um, and if, if they are met or at least adequate, okay, then I'm not going to feel that the relationship is, um, as rocky or contentious. Um, it will, um, and again, there's nothing wrong with having crisis in a relationship. In fact, crisis or, or contradiction is actually necessary for growth. It's how we repair those fractures that occur in a relationship, not the fractures itself. You know, so how do you make that repair work that strengthens the relationship? Um, but in this particular case, for me to, re to hold a space where fear is not the mainstay of my viewpoints, then I need my love languages met. And, and I want to be seen for those qualities. You know, I'm glad you brought up love language because I look back 15 years ago, my love language was physical touch and words of affirmation. Words of affirmation was first, then physical touch. Mm -hmm. But now that I've grown into uh, self-confidence and awareness, it's changed for me. It's quality time and then physical touch for me. So we don't talk about that in a relationship. 
we immediately dive in into the fast pacedness of the annuity of a new relationship. And I get couples in my office all the time. It's called the relationship attachment model that you have to trust somebody first. You have to get, I mean, sorry, you have to know somebody first, builds the trust, then the reliance and commitment and then touch. But I've got a couple's like, okay, we've been married a year and a half and we're already arguing and talking about divorce. And I said, I want to know how quickly did you become intimate in two days or less? Oh, so we didn't get to know each other. And this is where we're at first. Correct. Correct. And so it takes time to know one another. And so because of these experiences and you get divorced, now we create another fear that is going to happen again. And so we address this fear of what's happened in the past doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen in this relationship. What are your thoughts about that one? The relationship attachment um, theory, there's, um, that was one of them that was actually studied pretty in depth uh, at BYU, for those of you who know that. And so there was a whole dating program that was surrounded mm -hmm. around the, the order in which uh, a relation, a healthy romantic relationship should be built on. And, uh, and when either one of those elements got out of place or um, they actually should be in an order in a specific order, just like you named, um, and then it set up that relationship for failure by greater odds. And, um, and of course, as we know, when physical touch is invited in the sexual aspect, right. a physical touch is introduced too soon. Um, then there's a whole gamut of issues that begin to arise. Right. And, and, and you know, it's the, so I think that, that, that plays an element in why fear develops early on in the relationship in a romantic relationship, simply because the other elements that would have built up knowledge and trust and confidence and security in the relationship were put secondary to the physical, oh, let's get it on and let's just have some really amazing fun sex. And, um, and plus, I think it also, when, when individuals are coming together, and I'm a proponent of, of a healthy sexual relationship, okay, I get that part and I understand it. But I do um, support the idea that in order to have that long term, there are certain elements that need to be in place first, unless you're going to be a quick hookup. We do create some unhealthiness that I thought about. In the past, I said women should hold men accountable, which they should. But if men is going to be a leader in the relationship, he needs to hold his own self accountable before allowing a woman to hold him accountable. Because if a man leads, he needs to be aware about, about a woman's emotions and how it affects her and how he leads and how he says things and how he does things. So it doesn't create a sense of fear within the relationship. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I definitely think that if you're going to stand uh, with the perspective that the man is the leader, and you and I both hold that 
that's a, a sacred space. Right. Um, the, and I think that there is a, a, a definite um, call to the masculine and the feminine coming back together so mm-hmm. that they are supporting roles of each other. Um, and, and each of us have those roles within us as individuals, but right. in a partnership, I think it's, it's really, really important that we have more of a masculine energy and a feminine energy. So we've got the man and we've got the woman, um, for that relationship to be healthy on the level that I would desire it. I'm going to speak from me. No, okay? I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, is that I believe that the man should be the leader. Okay. And, and that doesn't mean that everything that he said is, is a final yes or no, but there is something about having a man be a protector, having him be a provider, having him to be that, that safety space in the familial role of that relationship, but understanding that, that with him, beside him, even under um, the shelter of who he is as a man. And I want to be careful on how I word that right. is this amazing, beautiful, supportive, um, helpmate, if you will, that is standing up that says, you know what, I realize that what you carry is so significant and I want you to be your best. And I want you to be your strongest for, us and our, our family, if they have a family. And so I want you to know that as your wing, I'm going to use this, this kind of analogy as your wings are covering me, I'm the one that's holding up your wings. Oh, I like that. You know, and, um, and that you can trust me as your, your partner to be there to hold, to help hold you up. And, and so again, it's not saying that one is better than the other. What it is is stating that in our roles, we're optimizing those roles to be the best support of each other and therefore the healthiest successful um, potential that we can have in this relationship. So in the two minutes that we have, I want to flush this out real quick In, in, in my thought process as a me being in a relationship as a leader, it's, I protect myself from hurting you that I'm careful with your emotion. Yes. That I lead in a way that it doesn't cause harm to you. That's where I look at leader. Yes. A woman manages the relationship and explains she it's this she she becomes in a role of teaching the man how she wants to be treated so it manages it and so you have this ebb and flow of this healthiness yes and when we do that it helps reduces the fear of i'm going to hurt you yeah i'm going or that to be i'm going to be hurt yes correct yes, yes. so that's yeah. where i come from in in leadership and sometimes I like how we talk because I may say something, but you flush it out more. And here yeah. I may be leading the conversation, but you're managing our conversation. So for our listeners who are listening to this podcast, replay this and see how Julia are doing our dance together. Mm-hmm. Our relationship is just a professional relationship with one another to help you, our listeners, to develop a better sense of who you are. And that's what Coach Soul is about. And we need to help each other with information, healthy information. Yes. 
And so, Julia, I, I appreciate this time with you today. Maybe this is another topic of discussion we can get into as far as relationships, because I feel like women and men both have a crisis in their identity and the roles that they play in a relationship. I would fully agree. So I look forward to those conversations. <laughs> All right. Julia, it's nice seeing you again. To our audience, thank you and uh, have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.